Next on BYU Sports Nation, name your starting quarterback. BYU football on a QB quandary after Baylor Romney's victory march against Boise. Should he start at Utah State? Do we know who BYU football is at this point? Or could that still change in the final five games? Plus, have the Cougars finally found the formula for consistent success? If so, what is it? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, October 22nd, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who's ready to sit courtside with Drake tonight, Jerem Jordan. That would be fun. It's the NBA opening night. There are two games, so uh, Pelicans-Raptors, pass, uh, and Lakers-Clippers. Now, I'm more interested in that one, although Paul George is out for a while. Uh, The battle for L.A. You don't want to watch the defending champion Toronto Raptors without Kawhi Leonard take on the New Orleans Pelicans without Zion Williamson? I think even if both are full strength, not, not good. No, that'd be a watch-the-highlights game for me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm not that interested in Plus, let's be honest. If a Pelican played a Raptor, that's not even a fair fight. Come on. <laughs> the Pelican could just... Yeah, well, I can't even fly away that well, right? If Zion Williamson were playing, I would probably tune in just because it's the first game, and it's him. He's the number one pick. Right. I ain't watching that whole game, though. But he's yeah. not playing for the next six to eight weeks. Yeah. What a buzzkill. Shocking knee injury with that guy. What a buzzkill. Yeah. Hey, but at least you have LeBron in the battle for Los Angeles. Yes. And then after today, you go, oh, yeah, there are 81 more games. Real question is, will Rihanna be at the game, Jerem? I don't know. Good question. <laughs> That's not a question I thought I'd be asked today. I'll be honest. <laughs> we have some things to accomplish before the NBA tips off. Namely, today's jam-packed show lineup. It includes our favorite national champion, Uncle Blaine Fowler. How the former BYU quarterback currently defines BYU football's identity. We're tracking all of BYU football's opponents, including the Cougars' newest projected bowl game foe, plus All-American Erica Burke-Jarvis of second-ranked BYU women's cross-country. Here are your top-ranked BYUSN headlines on a Tuesday. ESPN College Football Insider and game day analyst Kirk Herbstreit ranks BYU at number four in his list of top-performing college football teams from Week 8. Wouldn't you know it, the Cougars, following a big-time upset of rival and then 14th-ranked Boise State, listed just ahead of that team up north. Well then, we got him in something. Patriots linebacker Kyle Van Noy led the team with five tackles, including two solo and a fumble recovery. Uh, that almost was a touchdown, but he was barely touched. In a 33-0 shutout, that's what a shutout is, for the Patriots over the Jets. Patriots 7-0, they've outscored their competition 223-48. I mean, this is one of the all-time defenses right now. Yeah, congratulations to everyone that has the Patriots defense in your fantasy football leagues. Yeah. You're probably winning a lot of games. And Kyle Van Noy, uh, right at the heart of that. It's awesome. BYU women's volleyball drops three spots from number 9 to number 12 in the latest ABCA poll following Friday's five-set loss to now number 22 San Diego in Provo. It marked just the second home loss in conference by BYU since 2011. Whoa! Yeah, both of those wins by San Diego. Well then. Cougars back to work at Loyola Marymount this Thursday at 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific. Watch it on the WCC Network. You know what I'd rather, rather watch tonight? Game one of the World Series. 
That's tonight. Oh, yeah. It's great. It's a great Tuesday sports night. Nationals Astros. Yeah, and I actually have an open Tuesday. No Satake show on the bye week. Bryce Harper will be watching with you as well. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Okay. Rhett Rasmussen's tied for ninth at one under par. Peter Quest stroke back after the first round of the Pacific Invitational. The Cougars ranked number five nationally. Quest ranked number one nationally. Cougars are tied for seventh going into day two of the tournament. So, no pressure. You're the fifth-ranked team in the country. Let's go, baby. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Quarterback quandary again. Baylor Romney has won the hearts of BYU fans worldwide after the third-string walk-on QB led the Cougars to a monumental rivalry upset win over ranked Boise State last Saturday night. 221 yards passing, two touchdowns, and maybe most important of all, zero turnovers. Impressive to say the least in a high-pressure moment, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Baylor Romney has a higher quarterback rating, 145.3, than both Jaron Hall, 132, and Zach Wilson, 129.5. Limited sample, so take it for what it's worth. Stat of the day included, did he do enough in that one start to earn him another start at Utah State in early November? Or does the responsibility move back to the second stringer, Jaron Hall, with his health returning after a concussion? Jaron, is Jaron Hall the starter at Utah State? Yes, Jaron Hall should be the starter at Utah State. Uh, I know what Baylor Romney did. Trust me, I'm a huge Baylor Romney fan. Mormon Colony's kid. I've said that several times on the show. What did Jaron Hall do to lose his job, by the way? He had the lead when he left the game at South Florida. BYU scored 27 points on the road against a bad team. That was enough to win. What Baylor-Romney did was exceptional, but it doesn't mean I think he should be the starter. Jaron Hall is valued above Baylor-Romney by the team, by the way. How do we know this? Jaron Hall's on scholarship. Baylor-Romney is not. Baylor-Romney wants to be at BYU. He wants to play with his brother. That's awesome. You know who is on scholarship? Joe Critchlow. Okay? So... BYU has already said who they value more in the long run. It's Jaron Hall. I think the long play here would be to uh, make Jaron Hall the guy, right? Uh, Hall's on Scali, as I mentioned. It's hard to keep three good quarterbacks. And remember, sample size is low, but man, that was a great performance, right, from Baylor Romney. It's hard to keep three. So I would submit the following, and I'm not trying to stir the pot. I'm just trying to have a frank conversation here. You can't keep three good ones. One typically leaves. So what are you going to do? Who do you want to keep in the long run if... You go to Baylor-Romney, now Jaron Hall goes, now wait a minute, why am I not the guy? I know I missed one game, I had a concussion, but like I'm ready. So I, I would start Jaron Hall if you're in it for the long run with Jaron Hall, which I think BYU should be. There is something to be said about keeping the positive mojo and that momentum and, hey, don't mess with the good thing right now, but I still feel like the sample size is so small for Baylor-Romney that I think it would be a knee-jerk decision to all of a sudden just go all in on Baylor-Romney. yes. yes. Now, the Carolina Panthers are dealing with a similar situation with Cam Newton out. Cam Newton, Heisman Trophy winner. He's been out five weeks, and Kyle Allen has won all of those games. Now, if that were the case for BYU and Baylor-Romney had won four straight games, then maybe it gets a little more convoluted, right? Yeah, Cam Newton's not been a good quarterback Then it gets more convoluted, but it's one game. And we're talking about hundreds, maybe thousands of reps that the coaches have watched to determine the current depth chart. Again, there's something to be said about being a gamer and rising to the occasion, which Baylor-Romney did, but unless he is worlds better than Jaron in practice over the next two weeks, and it is clear that Jaron is still not himself, it should be and probably will be Jaron Hall that's starting against Utah State in Logan. Yeah, 
you mentioned all those reps. Jaron Hall beat out Baylor Romney for the backup spot in spring and fall camp. So that what's to, that worth? To, yeah, to just change suddenly after one week would be a little weird. That's a little too quick, right? You're giving up on everything you've seen before. So yeah, I think it's Jaron Hall. I don't even think they'd open it up. They'll say there's a you know, hey, it's the best guy. It's like, eh, come on. Topic two. In a former life, the BYU offense coordinator at that time, whose name rhymes with uh, Cobbert Benai, mm. told us it takes six games to know what you have with the team. BYU's now seven games into the season, so we know what we have with BYU football, right? Spencer, <laughs> what's the identity of this team this season? Well, after the roller coaster ride, Jerem, I feel like this team is maybe now identifying as the ham and egg group. Meaning, together they are greater. Sometimes together we reach. Ham is the more prominent feature of the meal. Sometimes the eggs are the center feature of the meal. That's a complete miscalculation of what happened. That's well played. Hey, Doctor Bob, welcome back. Not all ham and eggs are the same. Zach Wilson and Tyson Williams were the featured ham in the butcher shop, right? <laughs> oh, so good. Zane Anderson, part of that as well. Ham, nice. Oh, they're they're gone. So the Cougars had to find other methods of ham and egging it, and it takes a while to figure out the best product. You have to get creative. Some combos won't taste as good. Some won't look as aesthetically pleasing. But BYU's figuring it out. The meal and formula the coaches, or chefs, delivered on Saturday against Boise State. It was delicious. Was delicious and encouraging, right? Yummy to my tummy. BYU ham and egging it right now. Just finding a way of the combo of the pieces that are there to try and make a delicious product on the field. Sometimes you got to go ham. Sometimes you got to go egg, right? To me, the identity is Jekyll and Hyde. Dr. Jekyll, the good one. Beat Tennessee, USC, and Boise State. Hyde got blown out by Utah, Washington, and lost disappointers to Toledo and USF. I didn't know disappointer was a name. Disappointers was a thing until today. I'm not <laughs> sure who BYU is. Right now, it's Dr. Jekyll. Everything's great, right? Beat Boise State, third string. Qu- hey, feeling good? Bye week. Let's go, baby. But will Hyde show up again is the question. I don't know the answer. I can't say definitively right now, based on BYU's up and down, up and down this season, that Hyde won't show up again. Because maybe, in, and, maybe and he's walking in right now, maybe. Utah State, San Diego State, probably not Liberty, but they're kind of interesting. I hope not. But BYU has two right wins, but two losses to Toledo and South Florida. It is hard to know who's going to show up right now. Here's the answer. Dr. Jekyll needs to make the ham and eggs. Okay. <laughs> Does con- Hyde show up whenever he wants, or can he be suppressed? <laughs> is the question. Like, like in uh, you know Endgame with the Hulk, it was like Professor Hulk. Can Professor Hulk be there for BYU? Right? Can it be? Can it be both? Yeah. yeah this is, like, this- can it can it be some good combination of both? Which, by the way, you want you want a stat as to know whether Doctor Jekyll's showing up? BYU doesn't turn it over. Three no, don't turn it over. It's sometimes it's a simple game. You would average think starting field just, position. Yeah, it, that's, I was, that's what win. I was going to say. Average starting field position. Okay? Lose it, you lose. It's crazy. Let's focus on that. On to topic three now. Following the win at Boise, or score, the win against Boise State, rather, BYU linebacker Isaiah Kafusi said he feels this team has figured something out. I think, I think we've found the formula to kind of what it takes. You know, this week of practice, I think we, we really dialed it in. We found the formula to. You know, of, of success, really. We, we know how hard we have to practice. Uh, we know kind of, you know, how, how much time and effort it's going to take to really game plan um, and, and to really just execute, you know, what the coaches do. But 
Uh, I think moving forward, I think you're going to see, <clears throat> you know, a, a better team. We've, I think we've kind of figured it out. So, Jerem, I was just recently comparing that formula to a ham and egg recipe, but did BYU find the formula for success in the win against Boise State? No, they did not find the formula. Was the formula to play a third-string quarterback, fourth-string running back, former running back to be the linebacker? Okay, in terms of personnel, no, right? Because that personnel is going to evolve. Zach Wilson is going to return at some point. Jaron Hall, you'd think, would be available for Utah State, right? It would have been three weeks since he played a game. What he's talking about is the preparation, the coaching, the strategy, the schematics. I think in that, yes, there's some principles, some ideas, some workflows, some policies that work, which is let's go harder in practice. Let's be a little more dialed in. Kalani Stocky was a little more hands-on, right? Did Aaron Roderick uh, assist in the passing game in some way a little more with Jeff Grimes, a little more creativity? Yes, with those things, yes. In terms of the personnel, no. But, but that's what you need. You need a good system so that you put a good player in there and then it works. Sione Finau was running the ball with injured an injured offensive line and still ran for eight yards carry against a top 15 team. I mean, that formula, yes. My fear is that BYU isn't as dialed in, isn't as, say, motivated or whatnot, and perhaps doesn't show up in the same way against Boy State. There was a great sense of urgency, and that was a great performance. It's hard to keep that each week. And how much does the bye week factor into this? I hate that there's a bye week right now. I wish BYU was playing Utah State this week. I think that all that momentum would be awesome to go into that game with. Because Kalani Satake said, I think the bye week should benefit us, which it benefited Utah State the previous two matchups when the Aggies came out on top. So I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the bye week. I do know this, that I feel like the coaches have figured something out. It's about coaching. The formula for success is more Kalani Satake, more hands-on. Amen. I know he wants to be Lavelle Edwards. Now's not the time to do that. More hands-on for Kalani Satake on the defense. It was clear he had an impact in how BYU was scheming and planning and playing defense. Whatever the collective effort was in play calling on both sides of the ball, do that. Jeff Grimes was on the field. We had not seen him on the sideline. I feel like that means he coached the O-line more. That's what I think. That he shored things up. Yes. Because the offensive line was in dire need of help. So why not have Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateos on the sideline and Aaron Roderick and Fessy Satake holding down the fort up in the press box? Roderick is up there anyway. Like, you can have two OCs of sorts. Jeff Grimes is the offensive coordinator, but why not? I I think you're exactly right. There's something there. You know what the equivalent is? So the players only meeting, it's like, oh, they are rallying. You know what that is for the coach? It's that he steps in and is way more involved, maybe even calls the plays. That's the equivalent. Because then everyone goes, oh, the boss is here. We better, we better be on our best behavior. And then you have more urgency, more focus. You're more dialed in. Your performance is better. And I think that's what we saw. My concern is not what happened Saturday. That was great. My concern is that BYU maintains that here on out. And there's two games they need to really be dialed in. It's Utah State and it's San Diego State. The other three, I think, like, BYU could do their kind of normal thing, not have this crazy high sense of urgency, and probably still win for sure two of those. Liberty's kind of intriguing. I think a third one there. It's Utah State and San Diego State that will define the rest of the season. BYU has an opportunity to win back-to-back rivalry games after the win against Boise State. Against the Mountain West. You want to talk about taking a step forward? It would be that winning two rivalry games, and not just that, but back-to-back. That'd be awesome. Our question of the day, what is BYU football's identity? Seven games into the season, you tell us. Let's go to Voice of the Nation.
This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. At TX Colonel Answers on Twitter. Dr. Jekyll, unexpected wins, shutting down the smack, and Mr. Hyde, baffling losses. Hashtag BYUSN. <laughs> Yesterday, I asked a couple of our uh, single students if BYU football was dependent on if it was boy or girl. Girl, would you date her or him? Would you date him? And the answer was no because of how kind of wildly inconsistent BYU's been. Uh, BYU looked pretty good against Boise State <laughs> and USC and Tennessee, right? Not as good. Uh, in the behavior against Toledo and South Florida. So let's see some consistency at a high level. There's bad consistency, right? Let's see good consistency from BYU. Eli Manet on Facebook. BYU football's identity can be summarized by one word. Huh? Losses to Toledo and USF while beating Tennessee, USC, and Boise State all in the same season. Not even a psychic with a magic glass ball could have anticipated the wild ride thus far. If BYU somehow wins out the rest of the year, including the bowl game, and finishes 9-4, and four, we will not go, oh, nine wins, that was great. We'll go, what happened against Toledo and South Florida? We would freak out. Or, or will we? Because then you could look at, at the turning point where... BYU, then we can say, yes, BYU did figure some things out once the coaching roles remember, shifted. No, remember the fan base you're talking about here. Come on, baby. We would all freak out. Coming up, who's a threat to beat BYU in the Final Five, and how many of the teams BYU lost to are still good? Blaine Fowler, national champion quarterback, dual threat analyst on how he defines the current identity of this BYU football team. This is BYU Sports Nation. Toledo. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight, see what happens schematically to beat Boise State. X's and O's break down like no other with after further review, 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific on the BYU TV app. Live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play, I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. We're about to make it a trio on the desk in Studio B with our favorite uncle, Blaine Fowler. Dual threat analyst, national champion up, quarterback. Blaine? Blaine, big day for you ahead, and a big day to talk about winning. Number 16, getting oh, it done. Oh, it's so, yeah. Hey, was that nice to see 16 representing out there at quarterback? It had so, been a minute. It was fun. So, And I'm not saying 16 hasn't represented because I felt like Sione represented 16 well <laughs> the last couple <laughs> On years. On the defensive side, and, and, yes. And, and Ronnie Jenkins, like I would always tell Ronnie, hey, one, I did the same thing with Sione last year. Like before the games when I'd see him, I'd go, hey, one six, and he's like, I got you. You know, like, hey, I know this is your number. I'm going to represent. And I would say the same thing to Ronnie when he was playing Jenks. I'm like, Ronnie, a one six means something. He'd be like, I know, I got you, man. Yeah, it's yeah. good. So the guys, there's been some really good guys that have worn that number, right? Yeah, absolutely. Not, inclu- not me, but there've been some good guys <laughs> since then. There've been some really good guys. Hey, you won a national championship and played in the national championship. We'll take, we'll take that. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and one six, my favorite one six was Kellen wore that. Gavin wore part of the time, and then he finished up his 27. But, you know, Kellen was out there running around in 1-6. That, that made my heart feel good. Let's talk about the extra savory and sweet 16 of the moment. Baylor Romney right now coming off that very impressive performance in a win against Boise State. Did he do enough to create a quandary where the coaches are saying, maybe we should start Baylor Romney at Utah State, or is Jaron Hall still the guy in Logan? Well, I think he did enough for the coaches to go, you know what? We watched him on the prep team, and we knew he was good coming out of high school. What people are forgetting, when they come up to me this weekend, they go, a walk-on guy. And I'm like, 
he was a scholarship athlete at Nevada who's had some really good quarterbacks and chose to go on a mission and then walk on here. So he certainly had the skill set coming out of high school to be a Division One scholarship quarterback. So he's not a scrub walk-on out of nowhere, right? This is where he wanted to be. He wanted to come play with his brother. And last year, the coaches had a hunch he was pretty good, by the way, he was running the prep team, right? They're going, man, this kid can make all the throws, and he seems to have some poise. But you really don't know what you have till you get a guy in the game. So, so now they go, whoa, this kid, the moment was not too big for this kid. He was really good. He can make all the throws. He can orchestrate the offense the way you want him to run it. He took care of the football. He did everything they asked him to do. So now what do I think they're saying? Man, are we in good shape right now at quarterback? Like, we have three guys that can really flat-out play. That's a great position to be in. How many times do we wish that BYU had had three quarterbacks in the last several years? Uh, many years. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, so, so I, and now what they have to say is, okay, Romney had the perfect ba- – Baylor Romney had the perfect skill set for the, for the game plan we had against Boise State. Um, so now let's look at Baylor, and is Jaron 100% healthy? Let's look at him. What's the game plan against Utah State? Are they very similar to Boise? Are we going to run the exact same game plan? Do we go with Baylor? Or can Jaron run that just as well? And was Baylor a reflection of how good a game plan the offensive staff had? And I heard you just mention something in the last segment. I think it was you, Spencer, that said they've had thousands of reps to look at these guys, right? Yes. So one game is huge because you want to see who's a gamer and who's not a gamer. Uh, I would submit that the game plan was fantastic last week, like really good, well-planned, well-orchestrated, and perfectly executed. And Baylor has you know, something to do with that. So now, if the, the, the one reason you would start Baylor is if you went, do you know what? The game plan that we have to have against this Utah State defense fits Baylor's skills better than it does Jaron's skills. That's the one reason you might consider that. I would think if Jaron's 100% healthy, they, they made the decision that he was slightly better. They knew Baylor was good. Now they, or they thought Baylor was really good. Now they know he's really good. And they may play both of them in two weeks. Um, if, Please if, no, let's yeah, not do that. No, but and there's nothing wrong with that when they're the two and the three, right? So, and, and I just don't like the two quarterback thing. No, but here, here's the thing: that with BYU's luck and how quarterbacks have gone down, man, you got you're going to prepare them both to play, yes. right? Regardless yeah, of who you're yeah, going to yeah, start. Yeah, yeah. And, and and then the question is this: if Jaron was playing last week and he had the exact same game plan, um, which was a phenomenal game plan, would he have been just as effective as Baylor? I think he probably would have been. It's not taking anything away from Baylor. He was phenomenal. Right. He was a big-time Division One quarterback playing against a ranked team at home and executed it perfectly. Let's not take anything away from him. It was amazing. It's a great game plan, and it was tailored to his skill set, and he did a fantastic job. And the, the biggest question I had, because I've seen him throw in practice, I know he's got a good arm, and I know his mechanics are really good. That's easy to see in practice, right? So my one question was, is the moment going to be too big for him, or is he going to be big enough for the moment? He was bigger than the moment. He yeah, was he awesome. Was really it was good. so impressive for him to go in there. And this is not a guy that's been – so I, I hate to go, hey, what I, but, but by the time I was playing in games, I had been here in this offense for three years watching All-American slash NFL guys do it and learning from them before I ever had to go in and play a play. If I – wasn't comfortable by the time I got in there, then I was a sorry. I was sorry. I was a bad player <laughs> if I couldn't play by then, right? He's been, he hasn't been the guy. 
He just got first team reps this last week. For him to come in and play like that tells you an un- that was an unbelievable performance. Unbelievable performance. I'm afraid in the long run of losing Jaron Hall in any way. If you don't go with him, saying "Whoa, whoa, whoa! I got a concussion now. I'm not the guy." If you if you start Baylor Romney now, if Jaron Hall starts and BYU's down by 21 after three quarters or something, that's different. That's right? not Jaron. That's not going to happen. Right, and I don't think it would happen either. But and we know Jaron wants to be here, dad player. We know he wants to be the guy. We know that Baylor wants to pay his own way to be here. So there's there's no love loss there if you start Jaron Hall, and then if you need Baylor, you, you got him. Yeah, I I think we obviously needed both of them this year and. And in today's day and age, the as big and fast as players are, you better have two and probably three quarterbacks. And and I love that they're both here. I hate the mentality these days, and this is again taken back to the olden days, um, where a guy goes, "Oh, you're recruiting that guy. Well, then I'm not coming. Oh, you're going to sign him. I'm out. Um, oh, you're starting him. I'm done." Um, and and. And I realize that if you stick around, maybe you don't get a chance to play. Hey, I realize it more than anybody. Right? I got to right. play a little bit. And you have a freshman. You have two freshman and right. a sophomore in the right. three, right? I, I was in the same class with Robbie Bosco, who was before a shoulder injury, was a big time NFL guy, right? Um, and I was thinking, hey, I've got to be here because at some point there's a likelihood that he may get hit, and and I will get an opportunity. And if I get an opportunity at this place to play, even if it's a half a season, then I got a chance to go on, even though I'm undersized, right? And so that was kind of the mentality that we all had back in those days. Now it's like, well, if you're going to start that guy, I'm out. Not, well, if you're going to start that guy, I'm going to be ready to play because there's a good chance that I'm going to have an opportunity. And when I get that opportunity, I'm going to be phenomenal. That's exactly what Baylor Romney did Saturday. I'm going to stick around. I'm going to keep grinding. I'm going to learn so that when I do get a chance, I'm going to be really good. And he got a chance. He was really good. And there's also the Jalen Hurts. Ideas right. where yes, I left and I will thrive elsewhere. Wow! So, so but he did two, stay a full year. He right. left Alabama. Right. Like, do you think Baylor's going to transfer to Oklahoma? <laughs> no, just the, do you think no. Jaron's going to transfer to Oklahoma? The principle of I want some PT and I right. can thrive elsewhere. Right. Well, and and yeah. remember, he was a starter on a national championship caliber football team, and he got replaced by another. So he was like the number two recruit overall in the country. And he got replaced by the number three overall recruit in the country, who was better. And Oklahoma's going, hey, if you want to win a national championship, <laughs> forget those guys. Come here and win one. And I am so rooting for him, by the way. Oklahoma's my team this year. Oh, man, I would love They're to see Oklahoma and Alabama play in the national championship. I don't want to play in the national championship. No? No, I want Alabama to play in the semis. Okay. Because right. I don't even want Alabama in the national. I'm so tired of them. <laughs> no disrespect because Patriots, Nick Saban's the greatest, <laughs> like, unbelievable yeah. coach, and they're phenomenal. I'm just tired of them, right? So I, w- I want Oklahoma and Alabama to play in the semis, and I want, I want Hurts to just go off for like 400 yards in Oklahoma to be unstoppable, and then they can go win the national championship. They can go beat Clemson in the national championship game. I would love that. All right. Because I love Lincoln Riley. Blaine, let's finish with this. What's BYU's record in the final five games? So with the changes they just made and approached defensively and offensively, I will not be surprised if they went out. But but I would expect them to to lose only one. Okay. Four and one in the final five. And that'd be awesome, right? Yeah. To that go would seven be and five in the regular season. After what we saw, yes, four and one down the stretch will be overachieving. But I, I think that that's where they're at after this last game, and uh, so I think they, and if they did that, they'd get one of the two, San Diego State or Utah State, and win the other three. And and if that's what they finish, we should all go. Yes, they turned a corner. They people forget the number of injuries to unbelievably important players that they had to manage through. People, how they lose to Toledo and South Florida? And I'm not excusing that because they should have been able to win with the guys they were playing with. 
But what teams lose their starting quarterback, their starting running back? And for BYU, there's a way bigger drop from one to two than there is at Utah or at Washington at running back. Um, and and you're going to go lose. Before the season even started, they were planning on a starting secondary to be Austin Lee at free, Troy, Troy at strong, Diane at one corner, and Quil, Chris Wilcox at the other corner. All seniors, That's a Pac-12 way. secondary. And then we didn't have three of those guys <laughs> at one time. Yeah. Like, oh, Diane didn't play in South Florida. We didn't have three of those guys. And so they lost, and they lost who they thought was going to be the best defender on the team in Zane Anderson. So they had to manage through and figure out. You're asking who their identity is. They had to figure out their identity with different players. And then the one position where they're unbelievably deep at, they just lost a bunch of guys on the offensive line, and I'm telling you, the freshmen that played last week were phenomenal. And and maybe that's because Jeff Grimes was down there coaching them up face-to-face after every series. Yeah, That was an unbelievable job by that offensive line this last week with a bunch of guys that were subs. And they they turned a corner. Philosophically, they figured out what they need to do to play with this young team. And if, if we had to lose a couple of games to get to that point, and now they win out or going 4-1, and one, then... I'm sorry. I'm going to look back and go, well, maybe we need to lose those for, for Kalani and the staff to think of how can we win with this group. It created, maybe that's and, what it And you create change. momentum, and now that change goes moving forward. So I'm going to be – if they go 4-1 and one or 5-0 and oh down the stretch, yeah. I'm going to be completely fine with them losing those games because it, it ushered in change, and that change is what was needed, and, and I'm going to be okay with it. I like your logic because it's on the lines of the logic I was. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> it's conveniently mine, too. Okay, watch Blank tonight on After Further Review. Yep. Going to be a we'll really break it all down. Episode. Yeah, this, it's always fun to do that show when they win. Oh, and, yes, and there's all, any show and for that. We're always looking for highlights. There's been some games where we're like, what are we going to do? The show's going to be like three minutes long. Yeah. Hey, we and have just, all kinds of highlights yes. on this one. We Boise State at Boise State. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. Thanks, Blaine. Okay, coming up, the fastest mom on campus will join us. Oh, okay. And BYU's latest bowl opponent projection. Hint, they're 6-1 and one this season. This is BYU Sports Nation. Download the podcast to listen to BYU Sports Nation whenever you want on iTunes. Tune in or Google Play. Subscribe, rate, and review. We rolling on a winning week. It just makes all the difference, doesn't it? In our post-game show after the game Saturday, I was like, hey, we could have an okay post-game show, but if BYU wins, it's like, hey, <laughs> everyone did great. You did great. You did great. Everyone did great. We have nothing to improve. We're good. <laughs> I kid. But, yeah, when BYU wins, life's just that much better, right? Oh, man. Yeah. It's, it was the healing balm that we all needed. I, I, and I'm still so surprised and happy that yes. uh, BYU pulled off that upset. Pleasant surprise. Two yes. ranked wins this Perfect year. explanation. Two ranked wins this year. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Matt Bushman, remember him? Went over 100 yards for the first time in his career. Two touchdowns, first time in his career. Leading BYU in receiving yards for the third consecutive season up to this point. Named the John Mackey Tight End of the Week by the John Mackey Award Foundation. Bushman, 5 for 101. And those two touchdowns in that monumental win against Boise State. Patriots linebacker Kyle Van Oy led the team with five tackles, two solo, a fumble recovery, and a 33-0 win for the Patriots over the Jets. The Patriots 7-0 outscoring their opponents like a million to 14. I saw a really funny caption last night on a screen grab of Kyle Van Noy smiling with a graphic implemented below that said, your opponent has now left the match. <laughs> yes. I watched a lot of that game like while I was doing something else, and... Uh, 
I was like, this this is boring. Wow. I mainly watched just watched the Star Wars uh, trailer uh-huh. at halftime. Uh-huh. We need to talk about that too. Because I the watched show it. Or, uh, we'll, oh, okay. After, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about it in after. the next segment. Uh huh. No. BYU women's volleyball drops to number 12. That's three spots from last week in the latest ABCA poll after Friday's five-set loss to number 22 San Diego in Provo. Just the second home loss in conference by BYU in the last eight years. That's unbelievable. Cougars back to work in WCC play at Loyola Marymount this Thursday, 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific. Watch it on WCC Network. And just announced, this just in, fresh, BYU Gymnastics will join Utah, Southern Utah, and Utah State in a Best of Utah Gymnastics meet for the next five seasons. The first meet will be held January 11th this season, 2020, at the Maverick Center in West Valley, Utah. That's Very cool. cool. Yeah. Hopefully... Uh, I'm involved in that somehow because I would I would like to be involved in that. Yeah, who get, who gets to broadcast? <laughs> who gets it? the broadcast rights? Pac-12 Network versus BYU TV. Come on, baby, Let's go go to work. Third floor. <laughs> <laughs> get it done. <laughs> it's time, Jerem, that we track BYU football opponents and what in the world's going on with all of them. Let's start with that team out of Ogden. Utah State beat Nevada 36-10, moving to 4-2 on the season. Gerald brightly beams our father's mercy, rest for 126 yards and two touchdowns in the win. The Aggies are a four-point underdog at the Air Force this week and BYU next week. I want the Aggies to win this game. I want them to have some juice. 5-2. Five five yeah. Really good. You Logan, let's go. Tip some cows. Let's go. Liberty, Liberty, Liberty moves to 5-2 five and two on five the season. 5-2? The most empty 5-2 and two record of any team in college football. They've won five straight. That's two, impressive. Two FCS. They most recently took down the powerhouse Maine, 59-44. Buckshot Calvert did throw for five touchdowns in that win. The Flames traveled to face Rutgers. Oh, another uh, P5 powerhouse. A power five power on Saturday. And guess what? They'll earn a million dollars to play this game against Rutgers. I'll go lose to them for a million bucks. Idaho State. Dude, Liberty's a seven-point favorite in that game, and they're going to get a million bucks on top of it. How bad is Rutgers? Jeez. Idaho State lost 45-21 to rival Idaho. The 3-4 and four Bengals play Southern Utah and Cedar City this week. UMass. Yikes. Falls to 1-6 and six with a loss at Louisiana Tech, 69-21. Nice. The Minutemen will enjoy a much-needed bye week before taking on UConn. San Diego State is 6-1 and one and 3 out of the eight people. What? 10-point win over San Jose State at UNLV this week. You and I looked at the San Diego State schedule last week. They have a good defense. They're winning close margins against okay teams. Not much offense I don't think – I think they're good. I don't think they're very good. Like 6-1 and feels like you're very good. There's a real chance that San Diego State could be 10-1 and when BYU plays. That'd be nuts. If you're 10-1, and you're very good, regardless of who you – like who you play in that situation, I still think you're very good. If you're ten and one, they beat a, they beat a, an okay Wyoming team. They've got to make a tricky uh, visit to I, Hawaii. You know, I just when we talk about the Mountain West teams like that, I'm just like, I just feel weird because I'm like, oh, old news, ex girlfriends. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's what it feels like. Oh, why are we talking about that? I would love but for San Diego State to be ten and one and ranked in the top twenty when BYU plays them. <laughs> top twenty, yeah, San that would Diego be State, a fifth ranked opponent for BYU this season. <laughs> That would be awesome. <laughs> Five ranked opponents. If BYU goes three and two or something. Oh, my now, goodness. Now, San Diego State has won 39 games the last four years. That's pretty stinking good. All right. Hey, Utah winning a lot of games as well. The team up north, number yeah, 12 in the AP poll after a 21-3 win against Arizona State. The 6-1 and one Utes host Cal this week. Last I saw, that's, they were that, a... That's, that's enough Utah talk. 19-point favorite against blah, the Bears. Blah, blah, blah. Who cares? 
Tennessee lost 35-13 against Alabama. Vols are Vols. Vols. I have Vols in my backyard. Two and five now with South Carolina this week. I hope they beat South Carolina. <laughs> Seriously, I am a Tennessee fan the rest of the way. I would love to see Jeremy Pruitt win some games and have his seat a little less uh, cool, cool down, if you will. I don't care. USC takes down Arizona 41-14. Keaton Slovis and Michael Pittman Jr. connected on two touchdowns on that win. SC now 4-3. and three. They travel to Colorado for a Friday night Pac-12 showdown this week. Washington lost 35-31 to number 12 Oregon at home, losing for a second time in the last three weeks. We thought Washington would be this really, really good team. They're five and three. They have a bye week before Utah. They lose to Utah five and four. Whoa. Holy Toledo. What is going on with the Rockets? They lost their second straight game 52 to 14 to Ball State. Boom goes the dynamite. Oh, the Rockets four and three and will host Eastern Michigan this week at the Glass Bowl. South Florida put up a field goal against Kenny Amatololo and Navy in a 35-3 loss. They're 3-4. They play ECU this week. They stink. <laughs> oh, that one. That one really, really stinks. Oh. Like we care about, like, strength of schedule and RPI for the <gasps> Like it's going to help BYU get into a different bowl game or something. Hey, by the way, Brett McMurphy, <laughs> friend of the program, projecting the Cougars to face 6-1 Memphis put in the up. Hawaii Bowl. Let's go. As a possible 13th opponent, uh, the Tigers, by the way, beat Tulane 47-17 this week. They'll take on 2-5 and five Tulsa this week. Memphis. Whoever comes out of the American, Navy, they're 5-1. and one. Memphis, 6-1. and one. UCF, 5-2. and two. Like, all three of those opponents I've seen projected against BYU and the Hawaii Bowl, they're all pretty stinking good teams. Where's the Hawaii Bowl in the AAC hierarchy? I have no idea. I would think it's not that high, right? I don't probably, know, but... Is BYU getting, like, the fourth or fifth best like AAC thir- third team or, fourth, or something? Third or fourth. Well, ESPN can go, like, after the 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 obligated, like, highest bowl game, then it kind of becomes just like, well, what's the best matchup? What's going to get the most eyeballs? Yeah. Well, let's, let's see who it is. <laughs> I like uh, bowl projections as much as I like RPI. <laughs> Coming up, a bucket list item and a hug with BYU football. Oh, okay. Still all warm and cuddly inside. Uh, also, Erica Burke-Jarvis is going to join us. All-American runner talking about her team's meteoric rise and what has brought them to the next level. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tomorrow morning, there's sports on BYU TV starting at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 Pacific after further review airs, rebroadcast, and then BYU Sports Nation. That's our show. That's us, Spencer. Sports on BYU TV in the morning. We'll do it live, Jerem. Yes, we will. Question of the day. What is BYU football's identity seven games into the season? At Voilisi64 on Instagram. Wow. Which personality? Question mark. Yes. Just up, down, all around. Like, it's crazy. Uh, Granted, BYU's switched quarterbacks three times. Uh, BYU has changed, uh, you know, in the last game, Jeff Grimes on the field and Kalani's more involved and da-da-da. I don't really care what it is. I just want to see BYU be good. I don't care who's doing what. I don't care when, where, how. Sometimes I'll start a sentence, and I won't know how it ends. <laughs> and if it, what does Mike Scott say there? I'll just keep talking. No matter when, I always say, no matter what, in any situation, anywhere, every time, oh. the Kalani Stock is called. <laughs> it's an abusive relationship right now. <laughs> 
Okay. What, what are you looking at? I there? pulled up the song by Five Seconds of Summer. It's called Teeth. It's 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 a new hit. This is what I was thinking about when you're talking this is about new? the inconsistencies. Yeah, yeah. Let's BYU. hear. It. Okay. Let's, let's okay. hear these lyrics. Okay. Can we play the piano music while we do <laughs> okay. this? Just for flavor? fight so dirty, but your love's so sweet. Okay, so. Okay. It's just, just a gotta mix in, of emotions. Ingest that. Talk so pretty, but your heart got teeth. <laughs> okay. Bites. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, and again, I won't get into all of the lyrics. Some of them don't exactly make sense, but that's that's what I was thinking about. It's just the inconsistencies of sometimes so sweet and so good, and other times just rip your heart out. Can't figure out why. You know. We need BYU. To just be BYU, which is a good football program. An A-plus win team that overcomes adversity. Unfortunately, always has an injured quarterback. <laughs> just stinks. Yes. But At- the BYU that showed up Saturday against Boise State. I love you. At Kiwi Jackman tweets in, We're scary enough to be a threat and unpredictable enough to be an opportunity for other teams. <laughs> I'm telling you. If BYU football was single, would you date her or him? No. Going back to you know the what song I mean? lyrics I just talked about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really? At Twigger Stone on Twitter. Yes, David Nixon. It is the Mad Hatter. Just when you think you have figured out, he goes and does something totally unexpected. It's difficult to predict what you will see next. Hey, coming into Studio B now is All-American runner for second-ranked BYU women's cross-country, Erica Burke Jarvis. Come on I up. How you doing? Ran, I believe she ran here. Did you catch your breath? <laughs> she, sprint, she sprinted in. No, you're good. Scoot up a little bit into uh, the microphone. Yeah. Okay. Erica, welcome to, great to the see show. You. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's great to see you. Let's talk about this meteoric rise for this program over the last few years. And it's been consistent, but all the way up to number two, what, what's been the cause of this rise for BYU women's cross-country? Um, well, uh, I've been thinking about that just because four years ago, Coach Taylor came, before Coach Taylor came in, I was there, and we were barely making it to nationals, and that was, like, exciting just to get to nationals, to na- and to now be ranked second, like, I just, I don't know if, like, the younger freshmen quite understand, like, how incredible that is, just because it's taken, it's taken four years of a lot of hard work, and just putting our heads down, and running, and working hard. You win the pre-nationals invitational. Um, this is at the same site, is it not, of the NCAA championships yes. in a few weeks? So what was that like knowing, okay, in a few weeks if I do this, this will be even more meaningful, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, it was really cool. Um, I, of course, I believe that the nationals race will be run quite a bit differently than it was at the pre-nats race. But it was it's so, so good to just go there and see what the course is like and then see what things you can improve upon in a couple weeks. Was the course uh, what you thought it would be? Is it something you can you can manage well, you feel like? Because each course is different, right? Yeah. I mean, this course has a special meaning for me just because it was the first time I became All-American was mm. on this course a couple years ago. So I love this course. And that was after the uh, birth of your kid, Jack, or before? It was before. It was before. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. You're managing that as well. So uh, let's talk about the dynamic of being a mom and also running on a top five cross country team. And I want to add that you went on a mission as well. So yeah. you are you are just shattering stereotypes <laughs> left and right, which is yeah. awesome. It's not the traditional like uh, college experience, but um, I mean, I just manage it through having help on, 
for my teammates and especially my coach. I, I realized this year that she's done so much for me. She like we just swam and she watches Jack the whole time while we're swimming laps. Wow. So that's awesome. So Jack's part of the team, right? Yeah. He's like at practice sometimes, right? Yeah, he's at swim practice. <laughs> so. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, your mom ran in the 80s here. Is that where you got the bug to run, or was that something you just loved? Yeah, it must be from my jeans or something. It must be from her. Did, when you were little, was it like, hey, yeah, run? Did she, she I, encourage you? What role did that play? Yeah, I just remember her going on runs, and she'd be pushing us in the stroller, and sometimes we'd get out and do a little running. So I think we always grew up watching our mom run. What does Diljeet Taylor mean to this program? Oh, you guys probably know that we love Diljeet. <laughs> she's the best. Like she gives, so, she gives her whole heart to this sport, and really, she's an amazing woman. We're so lucky to have her. What kind of a difference does that make for you when you're on the course? Like, uh, what are you thinking about as you're in the heat of the moment and you're feeling the pain and the hurt and the burn? Like, what what does she do to help you push through that that moment? Uh, I think you just know that you got to. You can't you can't give up because you're running for her part. I mean, you're running for yourself, but you're also running for your coach and your team. And I think we owe it to her to give it our best out there. What is uh, what does this mean to you and the group too? It's it's the women's teams and the men's teams where it's like, hey, this is an elite cross country and track program right now. What the what kind of validation is it to be that high in the rankings? Um, it's, I mean, it's awesome. Um, the men have always been ranked really high, so I think it's like cool that we can be close to them now. Are, are you both. saying, "Hey, we're with you now"? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, it's really great, and they're an awesome team. You guys should take a picture with soccer, volleyball, and golf right this is, now. This is Cause an you're all, incredible Because you're all in the time. top ten. Oh wow! Okay. It's, it's a fun time to be with <laughs> you right like, now. Like it, it's unbelievable. Yes, and yeah. the women's sports specifically have just been ridiculously. Good. And let's, <laughs> let's finish with this. I always love to ask cross-country runners this. How many miles do you run a week? Uh, f- 50. About 50, 55. Oh, ho, ho, 50. Hum. You know. Yeah, 50, 50. I'm not, I think I'm like medium mileage. I'm not high. I'm, I'm not low. I'm medium. <laughs> 50 miles a week. That's incredible. Me- medium mileage. I think I drive 50 miles a week. Yeah. <clears throat> that, that's yeah, what I do. That's an accomplishment. <laughs> Erica, it's great to talk to you. Let's give you some BOA Sports Nation karma for the approaching meets and, uh, and your runs. Thank you. Okay, looking forward to near Thanksgiving weekend, right? Yes. The Nationals at Terre Haute. Okay. Oh, Here let's we go. go. Here we go. Coming up, Kirk Herbstreit and Brett McMurphy list the Cougars. And this kid will get you amped for any game. He gets my rise and shout-outs. This is BYU Sports Nation. Shout-out to today's guests, Blaine Fowler and Erica Burke-Jarvis, All-American cross-country runner. The show is on demand uh, via the BYU TV and BYU Radio Podcast. Let us whip it. Whoops! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Espen college football analyst Kirk Herbstreit put BYU at number four in his list of top performing teams last week after the Cougars beat number 14 Boise State. Matt Bushman named to the John Mackey's or named the John Mackey tight end of the week by the, the John Mackey Award Foundation. Bushman had five catches, 101 yards, two touchdowns in a win over Boise State. And Stadium Network college football insider Brett McMurphy projects BYU to fight, I mean play, Memphis in the Hawaii Bowl. Cougars in the NFL. New England Patriots linebacker Kyle Van Noy led his team with five tackles, including two solo tackles, a fumble recovery, and a 33-0 shutout over the Jets. The Patriots are 7-0 and have outscored opponents 223-48. Volleyball. Women's volleyball drops three spots from 9-12 to after the five-set loss Friday to San Diego, who's up to number 22 now, by the way. 
Cougars back to work against LMU on the road Thursday. Gymnastics. BYU will join Powerhouse Utah. Conference opponents Southern Utah and Utah State in a Best of Utah NCAA Gymnastics meet for the next five seasons. The first meet will take place on January 11th of 2020 and happens at the Maverick Center in West Valley, Utah. Cross country. Men's team remains number two in the latest USTF CCCA coaches poll after winning the pre-nationals meet. They are the pre-nationals national champions. The women's team drops from two... The women's team drops from two to four. Now to golf. Rhett Rasmussen tied for ninth at one under par. Peter Quest for perfection. One stroke back after the first round of the Pacific Invitation of the Cougars. Tied for seventh as a team going into day two of the tournament. Is there an update? There's an update. Tied for fourth. Uh, BYU three under today. Let's go. And then in the player leaderboard, your boy Rhett Rasmussen tied for seventh. Mm-hmm. One under today. Rhett and there Peter. They rolling. Today's rise and shoutouts. For me, Jerem, a tweet from at Nani Kalauli says... Brings up this. My guy Asher, okay, had a bucket list, and now he can cross it off. He's, he got to coach up BYU and give them some words of encouragement in the huddle before they took on Boise State and said, let's get it, boys. That's awesome. Really, really motivating. So cool to see Asher in there with the BYU guys, and uh, maybe he's the hashtag good luck charm. Hey, I love it. Whatever it takes, man. Awesome. BYU football making dreams come true. Mine goes to A.J. Stewart for literally picking up Sione Fino after his 46-yard touchdown run. He was so excited. He picked him up. He's like, yeah, boy, let's go. Yeah. First touchdown. Yeah, lifts him up. Um, AJ, BYU's running back depth is in question right now. (laughs) Should we be picking them up? Calm down. Calm down. AJ, you're a strong guy. You got to take it easy. I know because I played (laughs) basketball against him. Oh, he is is, uh, thick, man. Yeah, yes, he he is. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. What's BYU football's identity seven games into the season? At Laser Sheep Answers on Twitter. BYU played like Walter White against Toledo and USF, <laughs> but they played like Heisenberg against Boise State and USC. Jerem gets it, yeah. and I get it too. Yeah, Breaking because Bad. Because I'm gone, and I took myself on a self-guided tour of Breaking Bad in New Mexico. That's awesome. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use hashtag BYUSN and Better Call Saul. They're minerals, Marie. For Jerem, <laughs> I am Spencer. Shout out to Brian McKenzie. Nice. Watch AFR tonight. Blaine Fowler, Dave McCann, David Nixon breaking down BYU and Boise State on the BYU TV app. Go Cougs.